lovely, it's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Protecting the Children. So I'm really excited about uh, what I shared in the last, I think it was the first episode of April. Um, I was talking about a download that I got on March 17th um, about really being able to amplify each one of yours energy field um, through some of the information that came through. And my guides are super excited about this. Um, <laughs> they're like little like, yay, let's do this. Um, so the ceremony is coming up. If you want to be part of it, what we're going to be doing is it's completely free. Um, if you leave a review in Apple, um, podcasts, then we'll take, you know, the handle names, uh, that everybody has in Apple podcasts and of all the people that have left reviews and you will be included in the ceremony. And so what I'll do in this ceremony is be setting an intention to amplify your field to align the things that you truly desire at a heartfelt level. And um, I'll be sharing about the ceremony on Instagram in the stories. And if there's anything specific that comes through for anyone, I will share that as well um, to make sure that that message gets back to you. So if you're not following me on Instagram, you can go to at the soul frequency, um, which is our home over there. And yeah, I'm, this is going to be super powerful. So there's lots of things I'm doing to set up for the ceremony and I'm just, you know, following their beautiful orders to uh, make it as powerful as can be. Um, really, that's me just getting out of the way <laughs> and letting uh, the work come through. So anyhow, um, that's going to be incredible. Um, you can still leave a review there if you want to be included. Um, I feel like it's going to I'm just waiting to get a date on this, but I'm feeling like it's happening within the next two weeks. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And um, this episode today, I feel extremely passionate about at a very deep level. I have such a connection to the children of our world and the newer generations that are coming on the planet. Um, and a lot of guidance that comes through for both one-on-one -on -one clients and in the soul frequency experience has a lot to do with like healing our inner child for one, but also people who have, you know, children or loved ones that are children. Um, some of the things that they might not realize about their children, right? Like, or see about them or ways to um, parent or be in relationship with their children that are going to be more profound for them, but also for the kids. So lots of stuff comes through on that for me. And that's why I wanted to have our guest today on the show. Uh, Jan is an incredible woman. She is working um, to help protect our children against child trafficking. And there are lots of different, you know, foundations and um, charities and um, incredible groups of people that are working on um, helping the children of the world. And they're and 
they're done in so many different ways. You know, some people are helping children in different countries and some people are helping, you know, unite children, educate children so that they can live a different life if they came out of, you know, a situation where they were being trafficked. And from my conversation with Jan, a lot of this focus is like the stuff that might be going on in our children's lives that's right here, right? Like your children or neighbors of yours or children, you know, of a sister or a brother or a daughter or a son. Like, I feel like this education, every parent or anybody that is around small children needs to know, because for me, like I have a son, but I grew up in a time where we weren't as accessible. Like there wasn't social media. There wasn't, you know, people didn't have cell phones. Like the accessibility to our children these days um, can be really challenging, can be terrifying. Um, And so we talk about that in this episode. I think it's so important to spread this information, to let it land, um, to learn these things and to know, to be informed so that we can protect our children. So like I said, today I have Jan Edwards on the show and she is the founder and president of Paving the Way Foundation, which is an organization that is a fierce disruption in the cycle of child trafficking around the globe. This is accomplished through education and training programs that empower communities to break the cycle. Paving the Way has educated over 16,000 youth and adults over the past four years. Ms. Edwards has been featured on NBC, numerous podcasts and radio shows, and as an influencer on prevention education. Jan has been awarded Orlando Magazine's Woman of the Year and Woman on the Rise um, for Community Impact Leadership in 2019, and the American Haitian Art Network 2020 Community Advocate for her organization's work. Her innovative mobile app concept won Startup Weekend in Orlando in 2021. Jan is also the chairperson for the Seminole County Human Trafficking Task Force. She's a writer, she's a co-director and producer of the award-winning film Trapped in the Trade, which won Best Script in the London Indie Short Film Festival and was featured on CNN. My conversation with Jan was both powerful and also profound for me as a parent. And I hope that you take away some of this beautiful information that she shares um, and that it supports your life and the children that you love. So with no further ado, here is our guest, Jan Edwards. Jan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on today. Yeah, I'm I can't feel I can't think of another topic that I think is more important at this time and pertinent that we all educate ourselves. You know, there's there's in this world of technology and and things that are ever changing, um we have to constantly call ourselves up to understanding all the dynamics going on and I know we're going to talk a lot about that. I wondered if you could start off with kind of your background um and a bit about Paving the Way Foundation and the work that you guys are doing. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I grew up in uh, Southwest Arizona, went to college, you know, did all the things you're supposed to do, got married, had a baby. And all while I was working for Time Warner, Time Warner Cable for a long time. And when I left there, I did some, I, I started my own marketing business. I was in the marketing and sales arm of Time Warner. And 
about, I don't know, two or three years out on my own, I got a call from a friend of mine. She's like, Jan, you have to come work for this company. I'm like, okay, fine. It's a medical device company. So I did that, worked with them for a little over a year. And the same day they laid me off, I got an invitation to the Get Health Summit at the UN. And I went and it was there that I learned all kinds of things that nobody really knows about what's happening out in the world. And I met this extraordinary doctor. He works out of Tennessee. He's a neurologist and he's got his own uh, practice, but he also has a 501c3 called People to People where he gathers the diaspora, meaning the people from Ethiopia to raise funds to help orphans. And we just hit it off, right? You know how you meet people and you're like, I got to hang out with you. Yeah. He was one of those. And so we exchanged phone numbers, exchanged some texts and a couple of emails. And I was like, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. And he pops me an email right back and he says, well, I'm getting ready to go to Ethiopia next month. We'll have to talk when I get back. I'm like, great. Have a good time. Send pictures. I look forward to it. Well, he sends me an email right back and says, do you want to go? Well, it's not really every day you get invited to go. To <laughs> You're like, hmm, I had never considered that. <laughs> right? And yeah. uh, I'll never, yeah, never forget, I was sitting with my mom and my daughter at lunch. And I'm like, I just got invited to go to Ethiopia. You know, it's so crazy. And my mom, being a mom, you're not going, are you? you know? <laughs> <Right>. and, <laughs> and my daughter's like, you're going, right? And I went. And it was there that I witnessed human trafficking. I didn't know what it was. You got to get, this is 2013, right? So this is before Epstein, before Maxwell, before R. Kelly, before all the, you know, CNN producers. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was before any of that, many for the, the tapping on the news. And it was just a moment in time. We were kind of stuck in traffic at the Capitol. And I looked over and there were two men and two younger women. And it just didn't feel right. You know, that gut feeling you get when something's yeah. off. Yeah. And so when I got to my sponsor's house, I shared with him what I saw. And he's like, oh, Jan, that's human trafficking. Like, oh, Shauna, let's go grab a cup of coffee. It was very nonchalant. And I remember sitting there thinking, going, what are you talking about? And he looks at me and he says, Jan, Ethiopia has 4.5 million orphans. We're the number one source of human trafficking into the Middle East. And I paused for a moment, like most of a lot of your listeners probably are pausing, going, what is she saying? And I looked at him. And I said, hang on a second. I said, are you telling me people are selling people? And then he looked at me rather incredulously, like, where the heck you been, right? right. And, and he's like, Jan, this is a $150 billion industry. Where you been, right? And I go, well, I live in Orlando, happiest place on earth. We don't really talk about that kind of stuff. And that's really where it got laid on my heart. And I came home and did some research and found out Florida has the third highest number of calls to the national trafficking hotline solely behind California and Texas. And then I discovered the average age of entry back then was 11 to 14. Now with the closure of all the schools for over a year and everything else that was been going on, it's dropped down to 10 to 13. 
And I'm like, okay, our kids are being targeted. That is not okay. And I got to do something about it. And that's really been my mission ever since. So we've educated over 16,000 young people and families in the past five years. I have a heart for, in particular, middle schoolers. People think I'm Lulu, but I just love them. And, and parents, right? Because this is a weird topic to talk to your kids about. Yeah. And it's not the world that I grew up in because we have technology and we have, you know, all kinds of things that, that didn't exist before. So, so what are you, you know, what are you honing in on educating kids and parents on that you think the average, you know, kid and parent isn't thinking about? So I'm going to give you some statistics. Okay. And because the brain holds data in stories. And I'll feed, I'll answer your question by feeding some of that, right? So the three numbers I'm going to give you are 8, 10, and 21. It takes less than eight days to groom and recruit a child to send an explicit picture online. That's one thing. Yeah, it happens very quickly. And it happens via DMs. Any, Any app any game that's got a chat feature that's wide open to the universe, put your child at risk. So having conversations about direct messages from strangers, right? It's, that's really, it's, and, and for parents to, the best way to have this conversation is to say something like, gosh, you know, I was listening to this really great radio show today and she had this woman on that, you know, was really out to disrupt the cycle of of child trafficking and online exploitation. And she said something that shocked me, that it takes less than eight days to really have somebody send an inappropriate picture of them and they're a stranger. I just, I was blown away by that. And a lot of it comes through DMs. You pause. Then you say, have you ever gotten a DM for someone you don't know? And then you be quiet. And you're going to watch your kid do a couple of different things. They're going to get squirmy if they have, or they might get defensive if they have. And you just stay quiet, right? As a parent, you just got to stay quiet. And then you can continue. They're either going to say, well, no, 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 not, you know, not, you know, that kind of defensive, or they'll get quiet. You say, well, you know, it's really interesting, honey. These predators will send the same message out to hundreds of of kids waiting to see who will respond. Now, here's the thing, honey. I'm, I'm older than you, right? Clearly you're 10 and I'm, you know, whatever age, 32, 35. So my brain's a little bit more developed than yours is, right? The prefrontal cortex, the decision-making part of our brain isn't fully developed until we're about 28 to 32. So there's decisions that sometimes we make that we're not aware of. And these people online know that. So if you've ever responded to a DM from somebody you don't know, it's okay. It's not your fault. You didn't know. Mommy's not mad. Right, the worst thing they want to do is disappoint us, you know. So you can start to have conversations like that about the time frame because I promise you, your kids have been hit up 
by someone they don't know via DM, telling them they're pretty, telling them, you know, how soccer, I play soccer too. How is the concert? I went to the concert too, because our kids put their whole lives on social media. These predators know it and they use it. It'd be like, Shauna, if you and I went to the U.S. Open and Serena Williams was playing on center court and she said, Shauna, come on down and play around, right? Yeah. Who would win? <laughs> she would. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and look, I, I, I would even challenge Federer to not beat her, right? Right. So, right. You know, that's what's happening online. You've got these adults, 45, 50, 60 year old adults engaging with 11, 12, 13 year old children. Who's going to win that mental game? It's not our children's fault. And that's probably the biggest thing for parents to fully understand and for kids to get. It's not your fault. You're being intentionally targeted and manipulated and groomed to send an inappropriate picture. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the thing that's standing out and what you're saying is also like, how good it feels as a child to have someone pay attention to you or think you're special yes. or send something to you. And so when you're telling them, like, look, they're sending this out to all kinds of people and it's not your fault because at that moment, it's really about building a bridge, right? It's about yes. becoming, not not alienating them, right? Or, or pushing them, you know, further away, but really building the bridge. So I, I love that communication. Yeah. And it's really, and it's the hardest part for parents is to, you know, stop the waggling finger of blame. Right. Right. And really just bring some compassion. Our, you know, we think we're having it tough. I can't even fathom what it's been like for the past two years for our young people. I just can't, you know, and, and not having the daily interaction that they're used to and the sports and the events and the concerts, all the fun stuff we used to all get to go do. Right. And now with everybody's face covered up, you can't see smiles. You can kind of see eyes, but you, you know, it's like you're missing half of somebody's face. So the engagement and the connection is missing and predators. This was a predator's dream come true. Shauna, it just, and I knew it. I knew it last April, the April of 2020. I just, anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute. So that's the first number is eight. It takes less than eight days for predators to groom and recruit a child to send an inappropriate picture. Um, the third number or the second number is 10, which we talked about earlier. The average age that they're targeting is between 10 and 13. Now our kids are smart in a lot of ways, right? They know more about technology than we do. However, their brains are not fully matured. And, and what you just said, Shauna, our kids want to be loved. They want to feel connected. They want to feel special. They want to be noticed. I was in LA for some Super Bowl events and it was fascinating to me. And I just brought compassion to the environment that I was in. People just want to be seen and they want to be heard. And social media is sort of provided a platform for that, right? Yep. To be, you can be seen, but sometimes you can't always be heard. And so there's that, that balance of finding someone that, you know, you pour your heart out to and they really get you. Remembering this is a 45 to 50 year old adult. Work in it so they can get you to send them a picture right? They can get you because the moment a child sends an inappropriate picture, that predator's got them. Because now they're going to start using threats and manipulation and coercion 
to keep the content coming. Because a picture is a piece of content and these predators will buy, sell, and trade pictures of children. So, yeah. So, you know, and they they will take as long as it takes to get that child to send a picture. They've even started with, you know, just send me a picture of your feet. Because there's people out there with feet fetishes, right? Right. And and I'll pay you ten dollars. I'll take a picture of your feet. Well, for a kid, I'm twelve or thirteen years old. Twenty bucks is a lot of money. It's a couple of Starbucks. I can take my friends to Starbucks and be important, right? I can feel important because I get to do something. Or if I'm in a lower socioeconomic environment, I can help buy groceries this week, right? Ten bucks is ten bucks. So, and these, and these predators know this. So that's the manipulative game they play. And, and here's the impact. Okay. 21, 21.7 million. Last year, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children reported 21.7 million child sexual abuse material pieces of content. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that's the, there's a desire for it. And they know our kids want to be connected and they want to feel important and they want to feel loved. And as parents, look, I'm a parent, you know, I would tell my daughter how beautiful she was and how smart she was. And she, you know, especially in her teenage years, she'd look at me and go, well, you have to love me. You're my mom. And I'm like, well, I don't have to. I choose to. There, There are parents out there that, you know, don't treat their kids like I treat you. Treat, treat, treat you pretty well, right? But in their mind, they need it from the outside, other outside sources. And that's what social media has provided them, okay? So to be able to share some of those facts with your children, are, it, it's everything because they'll remember those numbers and you can go look them up together, right? There's brilliant, all you have to do is go to your, you know, Google or your Fox or your, um, you know, Firefox or, or your DuckDuckGo browser and type in human trafficking and all kinds of things will come up that you can talk to your kids about. Because that's the biggest piece is how to start this dialogue with your kids. And that's why I like to give facts because a fact is it's neutral. I don't have to have an opinion about it. It's just what's so. So I can share that fact with my friends, with my family, with my kids and start a conversation. And to me, that's everything. Because the moment your child comes to you, Shauna, and says, hey, do you remember that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about DMs from a stranger? And you're going to go, why, yes, I do, honey. Why? What's up? You know? And they, they're going to look a little fidgety, and they're going to be uncomfortable, and they won't look you in the eye. And they're going to say, I think I did something that I shouldn't have done. And that next moment, those words out of your mouth and the tone and your body language is everything. It can literally have your child zig or zag. And you just got to take a deep breath because you listen to this radio show. So you're now prepared for it. And you're going to go, honey, it's okay. I've got your back. Let's talk about what happened and we'll take some actions. Okay. And you just got to keep it super neutral. And they just want to know that you love them and you've got their back. And if that, that happens, so yeah. And if that happens, if somebody, cause what they'll do is these guys will send a nude or they will ask for a nude. 
Okay. Either one of those is inappropriate for a child. All right. And the moment that happens, what I it really encourage parents to don't delete the photo, just keep the photo, right? Because then you want to pick up the phone and you want to call your non-emergency police number and say, this is what's happening. My child's being groomed online. They sent a picture, right? They coerced my daughter into sending a picture. I want to file a police report. So it's the first phone call you make. The second thing you do is you send that information to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. You can go online. It's called missingkids.org. And there's a place right on their website that you can upload whatever was sent to you and whatever number was sent to you. Because a lot of times they'll use Google numbers or they'll use burner phones. They'll use all kinds of different ways. But what that does is it gives, because if you choose to delete the photo because you're so horrified, the police now no longer have evidence. So you've got to kind of think like a little bit like a detective, right? And so you want to keep that evidence for the police so they can help catch that person. And the second thing is, is once you file that police report, the, high, the likelihood of this individual targeting many other children is high. And so that family can actually help catch that predator and potentially save other people's lives. Oh, that's amazing. So, so do they target 10 to like 13, 14, cause they're old enough to have technology, but still young enough to be kids. Like once they get a little bit older, they would be wise to it, or they're just not for people that do this sort of stuff. They're, they're too old. They're looking like an adult oh. by the time they're 17, 18. Oh no, 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 no. There is no, I've gotten spammed, you know, and I am not, you can go find me on Instagram. I am not 14, <laughs> you know, but and they you've gotten me, it? Oh, I've totally gotten spammed. I've gotten, yeah, my favorite was, hi, beautiful. Your photo came up in my feed and you were so pretty. I thought I'd invade your quote, quote, privacy and stop by and say hi. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. So I go over and look at this person's Instagram page, right? And this is really where you can tell, tell sign. This person has like five posts, you know, 10 followers, but follows like 800 people. It's like, okay, you are not a real human. And if you are, you have no life. <laughs> right. So those are the kind of things you look for. And if you ever get a DM like that, I always take screenshots because I'm clearly an adult. I take screenshots and that's what I share in our presentations with our kids. We go out, it's like, look, this is what it looks like. How many of you have gotten that kind of DM? And they all raise their hand, right? And I'm like, look, this is, it's a game for them. They will send out the same message to 300 women waiting to see who's going to respond. And so I actually, I was sitting with some high schoolers and I'm like, let's respond to them. They're like, really? And I go, yeah. So I said, hi, how are you? Immediately, a, it's clearly a bot, a message came right back. I'm really good. I'm so glad we're connected. You know, it's this, it's this grooming of, cause we all want to be loved and we want to be special. And we want to be told we're pretty or we're handsome or we're hot or whatever we do. And, and these people know this and that's why they use those kind of messages. And so, you know, we, we show, I actually show the kids and they're like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah. I said, so, you know, knowing ahead of time 
that this is happening. That's part of the preventative work. The other part is being able to have the dialogue with our young people that it's not their fault. You know, and a lot of times I I learned a new term a couple of weeks ago. I was in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, speaking at a college, and we talked about sugaring because they'll do, you know, like you've heard of sugardaddy.com or sugar babies, you know, yeah, they'll, you know, they target college girls, pretty college girls, you know, they'll pay them $500 for you to come out and have dinner, a nice dinner with them. Right. And they'll be like, I'm just so lonely. And I, you know, my wife doesn't, you're like, whoa, 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 you're what, you know, your wife. And, and so they just, they use that as a tool right? To bring these girls in. And at some point in time, they will want something other than just your company. And because we continually over-sexualize our women, the girls are starting to think this is normal behavior and that it's okay. Now, look, when you're a full-blown adult and you're doing stuff behind closed doors, it's consensual. You have fun. We're sexual human beings that's natural part of life, right? It's okay. It's the in-between point of when someone is intentionally manipulating you and coercing you and threatening you, that's when it's not okay. But because we've willingly sent the picture or we've willingly gone out and met with this guy, we now start to think it's our fault as the child, whether it's male or female. And that's where they, that's where they get people. That's where they hook people. It's like, well, you sent me the picture. You knew what you were doing. Well, I'm 13. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the the heavy manipulation starts, right? Yes. Yes. And it's like that thing. It's like that thing where if you do something once, the chances of you doing it again are greater. Like Mm -hmm. once you've bought into something, like the chance that you'll buy in again and again and again to like, almost in a way like psychologically to defend our initial choice. Of course. And then it just goes further and further and further. Absolutely. People will die on a hill for something that's not normal. And, and, you know, our brain is wired to keep us safe and be right. You know, and, and when you're 13, 14, 15, you're not fully cooked. Your brain is not fully cooked you know, and, and they know this and that's why they target these kids. And what's interesting, cause they target younger boys, eight to 11 and a little bit older girls, like 14 to 16. Now the interesting piece about this is they will start talking to girls that are 16, 17, because they know when they turn 18, they can't do anything about it. Because now at 18, you're adult. So if you send an inappropriate picture when you're 17 and a half, and now you think you're in this quote, quote, relationship with this person, right? And, and all of a sudden it gets coercive and manipulative and threatening. The day you turn 18, it's a whole different conversation because now you're an adult. So it's really, really um, important that we have these conversations with our older teen girls and boys because they'll recruit boys over video games they'll say hey send me a picture of you with your shirt off and i'll send you some tokens so you can level up your game i was at a church speaking in phoenix 
uh, several months ago and I was sharing that story. I said, you know, these, these guys will send you tokens so you can level up and all they want is a quote, quote, picture of your shirt. Cause a lot of the gamers are on a, an app called discord. And I watched three or four of the boys get a little squirmy, right? That's how I was noticed. Why I, I, I speak in front of people in person. Video just doesn't work for me because I want to see the body language of what people are reacting to. So I can let the counselors and the teachers and the youth leaders know. It's like, hey, there's something going on over here. Just check in on them, right? And sure enough, these boys came up to the youth counselor afterwards and said, exactly what she said happened to all three of us last week. Somebody asked for a picture with our shirt off. So the end, they were going to send us tokens to level up our game. We didn't do it. Unbelievable. The power of like, you know, having you be able to basically utilize the same language and the same tactic. I mean, imagine sitting there in the audience and you're just laying out, you know what I mean? Here's how it happens. Here's what they say. And to be a child sitting there going, that's happened to me. Like exactly yep. how she said yep. It would happen. I mean, gosh. So do you, you go out to schools and universities and churches? Like, yes, where are you we traveling? Do. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny because people, I'm based in Orlando, but I travel all over. You know, I just came back from Louisiana and Houston. So, you know, we're, our, we're one of probably about seven organizations in the country that do this. And ours is very unique because we've written and well, I've written and produced an award-winning film. It's called Trapped in the Trade. And it shows the intentional grooming and recruitment of children by children. It's based on a true story. And so the film does a lot of the heavy lifting. And because it's a story and because it's in a film media, it's fascinating because every time I, every time I play the film, Shawnee, you got to get, I get a little nervous, right? I'm like, is it going to, you know, are they going to get it? And like these kids don't move. I, I've never really witnessed anything like it before. They just, they sit and they're enthralled with it. And then they're left in the space of, because it doesn't have a happy ending, right? They're left in the space of uh, now what? And that's where we have just super powerful conversations. I'm a big fan of the Socratic method of education, which is I ask great questions and have them do the thinking. Because once you solve a problem for yourself, once you do the critical thinking, the solution's yours. No one told you, no one coached you. Someone just asked you the right question for you to start doing the thinking. And these young people come up with some great solutions. And that's what I love about working with kids is, you know, so we'll say, so there's a part in the movie where she's, they, they put drugs in her drink. And, and before the film, I'll say, I want you to think about, there's a scene, right, where she gets taken advantage of. What would you do if you were at that party? What action would you take to interrupt that thing that's happening, right? And, you know, and uh, the boys will get all puffy and going, well, I bring out my this and that, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, I got it. So you'd bring your heat. Great. Perfect. What if there's two huge, you know, six foot four, 250 pound guys packing heat behind her? And they're like, oh, I go keep doing the thinking, you know? And so the, the girls come up with the best solutions. They say things like, well, I would go over to tell her and go, your makeup's off. We got to fix your lips or we got to fix your hair. Or, 
you know, they're like, we would literally pull her out of the situation with some girl excuse, right? And then the boys came up with some really fun ideas of, you know, well, I'd, I'd bump into her and I'd spill the drink or, you know, I'd be like, hey, come on, let's dance, you know, so they got, they start to get creative in how would I tactfully disrupt this all while someone else is calling 911, right? Someone else is pulling the car around so we can get her out. So that to me, that's the funnest part. And when you engage young people in using their minds to solve the problem, because we go back anywhere between six months and nine months later, depending on when we do the training, they remember. They remember the phone number because we give them the hotline number. They remember what actions to take. And what's cool is they take them because we coach them. You know, I said, look, how many of you know about the people that are sitting there having lunch alone, right? And everybody nods their head. They know exactly who I'm talking about. And I'm like, great. I said, I'm going to invite you to just go sit with them. I said, you don't have to talk to them. Tell your friends going to go, look, I'm going to go talk to, you know, so-and-so over there. I said, just sit with them and be like, hey, I'm gonna, is it okay if I sit and have lunch with you today? We don't have to talk. I just want you to know that, you know, I want to sit with you today. And I look at the kids and I say, what's that do for that child? And it's always someone in the back, which I know they're that child. And they say, someone noticed them. Someone saw them. Right there, you could potentially save a life. So much so. It's making me cry because I like, you know, I'm an intuitive. And so like I look into people's lives all the time and their pasts and, and like the things that made them who they are today. And it's like that one thing, right. Can change that child's life and then change the adult that they become. Like it's such a gift what you're doing to be with these kids in this way and to have these conversations. And like, you know, it's just, the catastrophic effects of things that a lot of people dismiss as like, oh, that's just being a teenager. Oh, you know what I mean? It's just a kid. And I'm like, yeah, but that's where all the imprints happen. Like that's where all the wounds, you know, begin that then, you know, encapsulate their existence and their life and who they become. And so, you know, it's just, obviously I have a son and, you know, I know you have kids and you, it's so fragile, you know, kids are like, the the wrong look or the way that like you say that that a parent interacts with them saying yeah i did actually send a photo to somebody it's like that split second determines so much mm-hmm. in that child's it really, life it does and you know it's funny because i'll coach the kids i'm gonna be like look your parents are human i know it's hard to understand that but your <laughs> parents are human they have thoughts and feelings all of their own that don't involve you right and i say when you, if this happens and you have that conversation with your parents, you're going to have to give them a little space and grace to have some reactions because you got to get your, their most important thing on the planet and someone's trying to hurt you. They're going to have a reaction. If I haven't gotten to them, they're going <laughs> right. to, if I haven't taught them better, <laughs> right. Reaction. And then with, and then with parents, I'm like, look, you've got to say to them, I need a minute, you know, go, go do what you need to do, not around them and make sure they know you're not angry at them. That's the biggest piece. They, the last thing they want to do is disappoint you. Right. And they're going to think this is disappointing. 
And because they literally don't know better, they really, really don't, I promise you, I promise you, they don't know. You should see the looks on their faces when we talk about this. It's, you can hear in the back of their brain is, oh crap, I didn't know, right? And they work real hard to keep their face neutral, but I know, (laughs) right? And I always, I, you know, I, I call people higher. And I'm like, not that any of you would do this, right? right. And you can see them get squirmy and, and you know, and, and we engage in this really great conversation about bystanders that now that you know what this looks like, you can no longer be a bystander, right? If you've got someone at school that has big energy, like, you know, they're coming down the hallway before they even show up and then they show up Monday like a mouse. What are you going to do about that? It's like, you are your brother's keeper. You can no longer be a bystander knowing this has happened. So let's talk about it. What actions can you take? What could you do, right? And then again, they're thinking. So now I've got these kids up and out of their phones, almost becoming protectors of one another. And that's what we want is we want a whole generation of abolitionists that are like, not on my watch. Is someone going to take advantage of me or my friends? It's not okay. And we're going to stand together and we're going to say no to the DMs from strange people. And we're not going to send nudes. We're just not going to do that. I'm more valuable than my body, you know, and to start having those conversations with our young people so we can alter this over-sexualization that's been bombarded on them. That's the difference we can make. It's so powerful. And do you hold these like for students and then separate kind of events for yes. parents? Parents, yes, ma'am. We never, and it's funny too, because parents will get a little persnickety about it. I'm like, look, you're their parent. They're not going to tell you everything. You may think they're telling you everything. They're not going to tell you everything, right? But I promise you, they'll come home and have a conversation with you. It may take a couple of days, but they'll come home and have a conversation with you. And that's what you want, you know, and it's, it changes the dynamic, which is, I love, is it puts the power back in the hands of the young people to really open up the conversation with their parents. And, you know, with parents, they see the same film. We show the same film to them. We answer as many questions as we can. And it's like, look, you've got to just trust yourself to have this conversation, right? And so you'll, I, my, my preferred method of, of, you know, taking on a school is I'll do something on Monday or Tuesday night with the parents, right? We, and generally we team up with PTAs, which is great. So we'll, you know, have a dialogue with the parents on a Monday or Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, Thursday, we'll do back to back with the kids. And so by Friday, everybody's educated. Everybody's had the same conversation. Everybody's got something to talk about. And that's really when the fun conversations start because it's like, well, what did you say? What did you learn? What did you, you know? So now all of a sudden becomes this buzz around the school about, you know, we're warriors, we're frontline, we're, you know, we're the ones. Yeah. It's so, it's so powerful. And what age groups, like, are you talking to the young ones that are like, you know, eight and 10 years old and then also doing like high schools and colleges? Yeah. My sweet spot is middle schools. I love title one middle schools because nobody goes in and talks to them about this. Right. Cause a lot of these kids have single parents, they live with their grandparents. They may have a, you know, a parent in prison or jail. So I just, they're like my favorite little group of humans to talk to because they get it super quickly and you can see them start to get like a little mad. 
they're like, well, okay, no, they're not going to take advantage of me. It's really quite precious because that's what I want. It's like, no, no, you do not allow people to take advantage of you. No, no, you're, you're valuable. You are worthy, you know, and then middle schools, high schools. Yes. And then college for sure. Um, because you know, the, the sugaring that happens in colleges of these older men making promises to these younger girls and look, college is expensive. I get it. I get the lure. I really do get the lure and who doesn't want a new purse or a new pair of shoes or a nice new outfit. Like really we're girls. We love that stuff. (laughs) You know, just, yeah, let's be straight. However, you gotta get that that's all leading up to something else. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So for anybody listening who wants to connect, you know, I know I'm sure there's many teachers and educators and um, parents and that are, you know, realizing how much they need to be educated in this. How do they connect with you? Great. So our website, there's a, there's two things. So for parents or teachers, really any adult, okay. Um, there's a, a, we have a toolkit, a parent toolkit on our website, and it gives you conversation starters, gives you some facts, gives you some stories, gives you great ways to, you know, how to have conversations with your kids so they can download that on our website, which is pavingthewayfoundation.org. And then there's also a contact button. You can just go to the contact button and go, hi, my name's Shauna. I'm a mom of, you know, a, a couple of kids. I would love for, you know, I'm going to talk to my PTA president. We'd love to bring you in. Please reach out to me. And, you know, you've got to put your email in anyway. So, and we'll totally reach out to you. We have 45 mission ambassadors across the country that are trained to do this. Um, You know, obviously the past couple of years, it's been challenging to get into school. So um, I have, I have airline will travel. I, it's just, it's just important. It's just, this is so important. And I was, you know, just in LA, as Sharon earlier about, you know, people just want to be seen and, and there's other ways to do it other than selling your body. Yeah. Dan, you are phenomenal. And I just want to thank you too, for doing this work. Like, I mean, it is certainly a higher calling to show up and care about people at this level and to, you know, use your incredible skills. Like you impart just beautiful lessons and skills on the youth and the parents of today. And I just, I can't thank you enough. I think it's awesome. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I just, you know, the more people we can get educated and download that parent toolkit and start having those uncomfortable conversations, they won't be so uncomfortable anymore. Yeah, it's just an opportunity to bring you closer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, we will have all of the links in the show notes. And again, thank you, Jan, for joining us. Thank you so much again, and I wish you a glorious rest of the day. You too. Hey, lovely. This is Shauna Lee. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Soul Frequency Show. If you got even one piece of valuable information, head over to Apple Podcasts and share a review with your takeaways. And follow us because we got lots more goodness to come. We are spreading the love far and wide. And you know where to find me over at IG at The Soul Frequency. Until the next time, love, here's to positive vibes and powerful awakenings. Mm